We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And good afternoon to everyone out there in Irish Breakdown land. I am Vince D'Addario. I'm the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. With me, as always, is Brian Driscoll. He is the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And uh, I think we got a fun topic uh, to talk about today, Brian. But I will, I want to throw a tease, a little, just a little tease out there, Brian. We, we may have some, uh, some news coming up about a potential partnership that uh, will benefit, obviously, not only us, but our customers, our family well, really, as the well. way that it works it really benefits customers more than it would benefit us well there you go it'll benefit that, us a little bit but I, yeah I I'm, I'm excited about it i'm hoping we're able to do it tomorrow it's it's uh yeah so we don't do a lot of advertising here i mean the only advertising we really have is whatever youtube and our podcast hosts put on there we don't really right. do advertising i don't seek out advertising there's right. one company that i sought out i was like man i want to get with them because uh i was forced to try their product and i was like oh my gosh this is so good and i don't really you know if i'm going to do something like that it's got to be something i believe in or something i like so i'm very excited about it and yeah got to work through a couple things today talk about tomorrow but man we talk some football today man that's yes what, we that's are what today is going to be about so so we, we were talking about what, what we we're going to talk about today and we thought it might be fun to talk about potential sleepers right so so and and the definition for what we consider potential sleepers so guys that could potentially pop and fall camp guys that yeah, guys are just we're not talking about right now exactly right? like so yes. we're not talking about like breakouts per se or you know but like guys are just not like who who's talking to, who was talking to, or guys that maybe are getting any talk that's there is negative you know like asmar Bilal going to 2019 you know kyron williams last year i mean going into fall camp he was expected to be like the second or third running back you know he when was balanced running backs for playing were, time period you running know? backs were a huge question yeah. mark around the last year. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, my, you know so so just guys that are kind of like, man, this guy could this guy could pop and be really important to what right. they're doing. And so it, it's a little different than the breakout conversation because I feel like the breakout conversation is more of like guys that we expect that people are talking about. You know, I mean, Isaiah Foskey, Jason Adamiola, sure, you know, Braden Lindsay, Kevin Austin, Chris Tyree. I mean, those those are obvious ones, right? We're trying to look a little bit you know, guys that are going to fly under the radar and could even fly under the radar during the season, but they're very important. 
So like right. Avery Davis is an example for me last year. Avery Davis got very little pub before the season, during the season, and now. Yeah, right. But he was a really crucial part of the offense last year. So it's kind of that kind of guy. So just a little bit of a different angle to it, a little bit of a fun angle to it. And um, yeah, that's 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 what we're going with. So and I thought there were some interesting selections here. So we're going to go five dudes, three on offense, two on defense. And uh, yeah, should be fun. Should yeah, be fun. Well, we got a super chat, Brian. And I uh, want to give a shout out to Han Solo dropping in a super <laughs> chat right off the bat. Thank you, Han. Much appreciated. Uh, we, we love getting those early. And uh, thank you for supporting our channel. We yeah. really appreciate that. Uh, so, so let's and jump. And of right course, in. the Star Wars name is pretty sweet too. Yeah, I mean that goes without saying. I mean, I shouldn't even have to bring that up. Yeah, it's just it's just it's cool. Um, so let's start on offense, Brian. And uh, the first guy we want to talk about is a guy who has started games. Um, you know, he, he's a guy who has returned kicks uh, or punts, and he, he's a guy that. I think was talked about previously, but has kind of been forgotten about in my opinion. That's Lawrence keys. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, he plays the same position as Avery Davis. Obviously we, we project Avery Davis to be the quote unquote Davis starter. and Lindsay really. I mean, True. He, he, yeah. he can play both of those spots. That's a good point. And both I think guys I, get a lot more talk than him, but I think that that's one of the reasons that we think that he could pop because he yeah. has that versatility to play a couple of different positions uh, you know, he's got that talent level that he can break off a big play. I mean, he, he's a guy that I think is going to be really important, especially if Notre Dame goes to that, you know, six, seven man rotation at the wide receiver position. He's going to be a super important piece. Yeah. And look, we talked about we talked about Lawrence last night on our radio show. This is where this idea kind of came from is, you know, you asked me last night on the radio show on WSBT, like, hey, who's a guy that's not getting a lot of discussion that that by the end of September people are going to be talking about? Yep. And Lawrence was the guy that I came up with. And it took me a second to think about it because, you know, I don't get a I don't get a uh, a list of the things you're going to talk to me about. It's, you know, uh, but it was a good one. It was like, yeah, Lawrence Keys. But there was a couple guys that rattled through my head. But the reason I went with Lawrence is because I just think he's a guy that brings a really unique skill set that that I don't know if some of the other guys bring. And and you look at like a Braden Lindsay, for example. You know, Braden is a vertical, big play, home run sure. kind of guy. Not a great route runner. You know, just but a, but it's just a home run threat. You know, you've got Avery Davis, who's a really good route runner good athlete but but more of a pure slot i think where lawrence even though he's got the body of a pure slot has shown in the past that he can play outside because he's a, such a really good route runner really precise route runner surprisingly good ball skills for a guy his size and when i'm referring to ball skills in this instance i'm talking about what he did against georgia which is the ability to go make tough catches uh you know so so he's got some of that he's got speed i mean I was the last time I was told of a 40 time for Lawrence was his freshman year. And I was told he ran it. He tested timed at Notre Dame as a four, four, eight. Hmm. That was as a freshman. Yeah. I would imagine he's got a little bit faster than that. You know, not, not a ton, but I mean, so you're talking like a mid four, four guy. Well, that's what Jerry Judy ran. You know what I mean? So I, I think Lawrence is a guy that has a chance to really be an important part of this offense. And, you know, maybe he breaks out and has like a 50 plus catch season and becomes the top pass catcher at receiver. That wouldn't shock me. But even if he doesn't, even if he's only catching 30, 25, 30 balls, I think he's going to be a really important piece to what this offense is and his ability to win on third down. Like last year, 
the third down weapons were Avery Davis and Michael Mayer. Those were the two best third down weapons they had. Avery was money on third down last year. Well, teams are going to see that now, right? Sure. They're going to study the film. They're going to break the film down. They're going to know Michael Mayer's a, a really good after the catch guy on third down. Avery Davis is. So who can be some of those other third down weapons? Well, I think I think Lawrence Keyes with his route running and athleticism plus ball skills, I think he could become another third down weapon. So he just he's a player that I find very intriguing for those reasons, Vince. And look, we saw it in the spring. I mean, every single if if there wasn't a Lawrence Keys highlight during the spring high, you know, practices we get after every after, you know, we'd get those videos after every practice. If he wasn't on one, it was almost like, huh, no Lawrence <laughs> Keys today. And then of course he goes out in the blue gold game and has five catches for 115 yeah, yards. So exactly, uh, you know, and and doing it in different ways. I mean, down the field, he was doing short, he was doing after the catch, working the middle of the field. He was doing all of it, and um, you know it's uh, it, it was an impressive thing to see. It was an impressive thing to see. So that's why I have him as my breakout guy, Vince. I don't know if you view him as being that kind of guy—not a breakout, but a sleeper guy. And and he may not be the guy at receiver, which is right. why we didn't put him as a breakout. But he may be sort of like what Avery Davis was for this offense last year. Well, I tell you what, for me, I just, I'm not saying that he's going to be the starter. I'm not saying that he's going to be, you know, the, the alpha, you know, cause we've talked about that and, and we brought up guys who we think that's going to be, it's probably going to be Michael Mayer most likely. Right. And I think that, but he's going to be a very, very important piece to what they're doing. I, I do see that. And, and I do see Notre Dame going deeper than just the starting three. And, and that's been, you know, one of my gripes and one of your gripes, for the past few years is they just don't seem to go beyond kind of that starting three, maybe four, depending on what the formation is. Um, but they, they would go to more tight ends before they would go to more receivers. I mean, that was just kind of how they did things. And I'm not saying that they're not going to use multiple tight ends because I do feel like there's, they're going to go three deep at the tight end position, but I feel like they're going to go deeper at wide receiver. And because I feel that way, I feel like Lawrence keys is going to be a very important piece to what they're doing. He's, you know, depending on what that rotation looks like. And I think that still is kind of a to be determined situation, uh, depending on how certain guys play injuries, etc. Um, but either way, when Lawrence Keyes is on the field, I believe that he is going to be making an impact. And that's, that's why his name is on this list for me, right? right? He's going to be an impactful player. I think here's another piece that is important for Lawrence. You have guys like Kevin Austin, Braden Lindsay, Really talented players, but injury prone, right? Well, Kevin Austin isn't injury prone. I mean, he's only had the one sure. injury. He did it twice, but he missed two years. He had another reason why he missed another season. But let's just say, guys, that you can't always, you don't always know if they're going to be on the field any given week, right? So it's important to have a guy like Lawrence Keyes, who's a veteran who can play multiple positions, um, that can really help you in different ways. So now you have that because look, this was part of the conversation that we had last night at WSBT. And you, if you want to listen to that interview, it's actually on the front page at irishbreakdown.com. You know, I said talks about receivers, 2022 linebackers. And then we talked about some conference realignment. We're all and rolling it and all that, which makes it fun, you know, yeah. uh, and you guys are always trying to stump me. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, when, when I, you look at when you can get in trouble in a position group is if you have two really good players, but then one of those guys goes down and you're like, we don't have anybody to turn now, turn to right. now. Right. And, and then you're in trouble. A receiver this year, part of the optimism I have about the receiving core is you can still be good even if some of those guys that people are counting on don't step up. You can still be good if Kevin Austin doesn't step up or gets hurt. You can still be good if Brady Lindsay doesn't step up or get hurt. And it's because of guys like Lawrence Keys. 
Right. It's, he's not the only one, but he's part of it. You know, Xavier Watts, Lorenzo Styles, Deion Colsey. That depth is what impresses me, but I really believe that. And I think Lawrence is he, – he just looks so much more confident mm-hmm. during the spring too. Like he now realizes, like, you know what? You can't guard me. And I've always known that, but now it's time for me to show everybody else that. And that's what kind of has me fired up about what Lawrence can do this year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another guy that we were talking about before we went on here, uh, before oh. we events, hit it from Tommy Guns, and I he didn't he did super chat because he wanted me to read this. That's why. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'll imagine Brian and Vince doing ad readings for Manscaped. So first of all, what we're doing is not an ad read. It's not that kind of thing. It's more of a partnership that that helps benefit y'all. But I can promise you, I will not be doing any readings for Manscaped. <laughs> So that doesn't mean we won't have them as a as a you know on our podcast. It doesn't mean that they won't necessarily um, uh, have ads pop up, but, but I won't be doing ad readings for uh, for Manscaped or really for anybody, really for that matter. Yeah. I mean, we may do like some little promo things here and there, but this show is going to be about football, not reading ads the entire time, right? You know, but uh, but that's pretty good, Tommy. It's pretty good. <laughs> that dude. Okay, I like Tommy. So, like I was saying, he always does bring. He always brings the same dude that bought one of the onesies from the book from the from the store. So, I mean, he he's got a sensitive side as well. Yeah, got well, another little super chat down here from Bobby Boucher. I mean, B Place. Excuse me. I just love. I love the Vince. Look at the avatar. I love. I absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead. Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and, and get he says uh, huge ND fan here in Kansas City, Missouri. Thanks for all you guys do for this show. Makes me a better fan. Random quarterback question. What are your thoughts on Ron Paulus III? In my opinion, there is a good foundation. Well, I can speak to Ron Paulus because You've seen him. You've definitely seen him play Um, up close and personal. I've seen him play up close and personal because he played in the division or in the the league that I coached in. So saw a lot of Ron Paulus. One of the problems with Ron Paulus, and I, I shouldn't say it's a problem with him. It's a problem with the school that he attended is that they were a run-first team. And so he didn't get much of an opportunity to throw the football. And when he did, he was throwing to guys that looked like me 20 years ago. Okay? Five foot eight, you know. Unathletic. Uh, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no. You set me up, man. I yeah, mean- I know I did. I know I did. But it was, a, it was a bunch of dudes that looked like me. Like You know what I mean? I, and, and you guys understand what I'm saying. Five seven, five eight, five nine. you know, can run fairly fast, but – 
they're but not their college be... football careers are ending when high school's over. Correct. Basically. Correct. Unless they go to like a you know uh, more of an academic or like you know NAIA walk on for sure. academic situation. Okay, those are the letters I was getting. Okay. okay. Okay, so um, and it's nothing against those guys, but that's just how they they ran a lot of split backs, you know, uh, run game type stuff. The offense didn't fit what he did, and and frankly, physically, he was bigger than a lot of his offensive linemen. Okay, if he played anywhere else and had a different last name, he might have been playing tackle. Um, you know, at at another school, have a strong right arm too. Conference, you're saying, yeah, you know what I mean. You see a big dude Mm -hmm. like that, like I need you on the line. I mean, it just is what it is, especially around here, right? Exactly. And so, I don't think he was used to the ability that he could have potentially reached. Um, and I think depending on how he gets coached at Notre Dame, I think he could get a lot better. Uh, it just he was in an unfortunate situation. Let's put it that way. Now, big strong kid. Uh, he's got a strong arm. It's not overly accurate uh, at times, but again, I don't think he was coached in that manner. You know what I, I mean? mean? He had his dad working with him, though. I mean, that, yeah, his true. high school coach wasn't good, but he had the former quarterbacks coach at Notre Dame. Fair enough. Yeah, coaching that's a, him. I forgot he was a quarterbacks he, coach. You know, I mean, yeah. so he was a quarterbacks coach at Notre Dame, quarterbacks coach right. at Stanford. He he's a part of the Notre Dame staff now, uh, although not on like an on field like coaching behind role. The scenes. Yeah, it's yeah. not like the kid has never coached before. Right. It's so just, I, I to get me, your, he wasn't, I, yeah. I'm with you on the, he wasn't used thing. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I, yeah, I just, yeah. I push back a little bit on the whole, he wasn't coached thing. That's fair. That's yeah. fair enough. I, I, what I will say is, um, I was not overly impressed when he would drop back and throw the ball. I, I don't yeah. think he scared any defensive coordinators, um, right. with, with his arm. Um, it, it he just didn't. And right. so I was, a little surprised that he got a scholarship to go to Notre Dame, to be perfectly honest with you. But with the ties and with dad being on staff, I, I mean, I get it. If they had an extra one, they'll throw him a bone. Sure. He was getting he was getting some Mac love before COVID hit, and then those kind of went away. So that kind of was the level that he was kind of at, I guess, um, kind of below that Mac level. Uh, and right. that would have been appropriate, I think. Right. Um, I would have definitely crazy. taken a shot on him if I was a Mac team. Sure. Just because yeah. the bloodlines yeah. and the strong arm, and he's a I big dude. Like he's yeah. a he's a formidable yeah. dude. He's a big guy. So yeah, I would have taken a shot at him. I, I he would have been my second quarterback, maybe like in a class, like that kind of a thing to me. Um, and so is he going to play at Notre Dame? Uh, a lot of things are going to have to go wrong. Uh, he'd have to get a lot. Well, or he gets a lot better. A I mean, that's the other better. thing is, yeah. is he'd have to get a lot better. Look, right. I'm with Vince, Ronnie. It's a great story. Yeah. Um, I was a big fan of his dad. Good kid. Great kid. Yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard he's and, and not not a kid. A lot of times you see these kids who had famous dads and they kind of have that little, you know, I'm better than you. And, and I've heard yeah. I've, ne- I've heard the complete opposite about him. Real yeah, nice, was, humble kid. He was going to middle school yeah. basketball games for his little his little brother's yeah. a year older than my son, so they played yeah. together. And so he would come to the middle school games. I mean, he didn't have to do that kind of yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? So he's a really yeah. good kid. Yeah. Um. And and so Just not from, a Notre Dame caliber quarterback. Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. Right now. Now, again, he, yeah. he does have a strong arm, but needs a lot of work. Like you said, footwork. He, the problem is he's just he's got really slow feet. Yeah, in my opinion. And yes. that's always going to hurt Thank him you. in today's offense. Th- that's a really good point, because when yeah. he would break the pocket out of necessity, um, it, he wasn't going very far. And he couldn't really avoid pressure. He got hit right. way more than he should have. Yes. In agreed. the film that I saw, because he just he doesn't have like like Tom Brady is not a very athletic dude. But he can maneuver in the pocket, right? So yeah. why Peyton Manning same way. Ronnie's got really slow feet. 
Yeah, and, and yeah. that's that's, that's an a issue really for good me. point. That's especially really when point. you're going to go against pass rushers like he'd be facing in Notre Dame. So yeah. I think it's a cool story. I, I yeah. love the fact he's going to get a chance to get a Notre Dame degree, um, and and hope someday he gets a chance shot to play. But you know, maybe it's he comes to Notre Dame, gets his degree, and then after he graduates in three years, gets a chance to go. Yeah, grad you know, transfer play at a Bowling Green or a Ball yeah. State. That'd be awesome. You that know, would he's going to get coached up well, and have that'd degree. be a great story. But I just I don't see it based on what we saw in high school film and, and right. from what I've seen from him at Notre Dame so far. So yeah. I don't see. And then we have one more super chat and then we're going to get back on topic. Now, Scott <laughs> Gibbs, I did want to recognize your super chat. I appreciate your super chat very much. And this is a really good question, but can we address, we're going to address this after we get done with the portion of podcast. This is because this is, this is the kind of question that's going to take some time and it's a really, yeah. it's a great topic. And it could be a show all by itself, and right. maybe we might do that. But so, so if it's okay, Scott, we're going to answer this after we finish up the podcast. But I did want to recognize your super chat because it yeah. is very much appreciated. This will be the first topic we discuss when we wrap up this we portion and jump into the Q and A part. So yes, and I'll write that but down. again, I yeah, but I, I appreciate the super chat. And we'll bring it back up, Vince, too, if, if yeah. as long as we weren't bumped bump down. Yep. We'll, we'll bring that back in too. So it's, it's much appreciated and we'll, we'll get to this because again, really he said, and he's good with it. So Scott, uh, Paul, Scott's good with it. Awesome. All right. So, okay. So let's jump back in. So we, we already talked about Lawrence keys uh, being a guy that we think is going to be very important. The next guy is a guy that you brought up that I was like, yes, duh. Yeah. Great. I did it for you. Vince. I mean, it, it was like, yes, thank you. And it's Josh Lug. It's Josh Lug, and I think he is. Actually, I thought you were going to go with another guy. That's why I said it oh. for you. I didn't do this one for you. This one was no, yeah, the sorry. other one. No, that's okay. But I still feel like it was for me. So just yeah. let me have my time. Uh, but uh, but <laughs> Josh Lug is slated at starting at right tackle. Mm -hmm. Right, he has nine starts under his belt. Does that sound yep. right? Five at right tackle. Yeah, five at right tackle, and then the rest were at right guard or center. Um, and, or yeah, good point. I forgot about center. I tried to block that part out. <laughs> good idea. Um, I'm sure he does too, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> but Josh Lug it has the second most starts on this offensive line on this starting off the returners, line, right. the returners, right? And nobody's talking about Josh right. Lug. Everybody's well, and when they Kane do, Madden. it's like, hey, when when's he going to get beat out? Yeah, I mean, literally I, the only question that I, th that I remember us getting this entire off season about Josh Lug is, do you think he's going to get beat out? I mean, that's right. the only question I remember anyone asking about him. And, and I feel like. He's going to surprise some people. I get why, because he was bad at center last year. But he was. I, I tried to tell you, A, he was, he was injured. He was dealing with the back problem. Josh played through an injury that might, might have kept him out in other situations, but he couldn't because, yeah. I mean, they, they were already in trouble. Right. Uh, but he also was playing in a position he had no business. It's like, imagine if they would have asked Patrick Ewing to play point guard. Right. right, we wouldn't be talking about being a Hall of Famer. It's just, it's, right? It wasn't you, fair to him. You got to be I'm asked sorry. to do something that your that your skill set right. is set, suited for, and center was not something he was suited for. It's mm -hmm. Too long. Uh, it just it was not a position for him, especially right. when you're dealing with a back issue. I, I just look at the film, Vince. If he only plays as good as he did at, when he played right tackle in 2019, their name's going to be solid at right tackle, right. and that's because that's exactly what he was. Was he as good as Robert Hainsey? No. Was he good? Yeah. He was yeah. pretty pretty solid I, player. I think he could be a, a one of one of the most solid yeah starters this year. And, and like, they need that. They need it, that steadiness. stability. Stability right. is that a better word? Like yes. I think he's going to be so yes. stable for them at that position. That again, we're, when we're talking about offensive line, stability is really really important. It's right. really really important. Well, in in his first start of that 
of that year was against Duke. Well, remember, Duke had Chris Rumpf and uh, Victor Dimikiji at, at edge. They were two of the better pass rushers in the ACC. Yeah. And he handled himself. And, and the nice thing about Josh as a tackle is you're better able to use his size and length to an advantage. There were times in 2019 when Josh got beat off the ball, but he's so long that he could recover and make the block. And at the very least, ride the guy outside and right. let the quarterback step into the pocket. That's okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. He's a really long dude. And that guy, that was actually a hindrance to him at center. It hurt him at center because he yeah. couldn't play with pa- the pad level you need, especially with the back issue. And so I look at Josh and I see a kid that's got some strength. He's got some, he's got some, some agility, right, for that position. He's got some punch. He's got some experience. I think he's got a chance to be a good football player. Is he going to go out and be an All American? No, I, I don't. I'm not saying that. But look, we've talked with Ryan uh, Roberts about him, who does you know draft analysis at, for Irish Breakdown and started his own website. Uh, so when you look at Josh Lug, I see a kid that has a chance to be a really good, and he'll he'll be under overlooked the whole season. Because if things go well on the offensive line, people are going to be talking about Jarrett Patterson being an All-American. We're talking about Blake Fisher, right? And we're not going to be talking about Josh. And so to me, Josh is that kind of kid that has a chance to come out and just be a really key, important part uh, to this line. And, and a guy that's going to be a lot like Robert, his, the guy, his predecessor, Robert Hainsey, who was a great player for four years, but always got overlooked. Got overlooked as a freshman by Quentin Nelson and Mike McGlinchey, understandably. Sure, sure. Got overlooked by Alex Bars the next year. Then the last two years, he's been overlooked by Liam Eikenberg. And so, but just, but there's a reason the, t- the defending champs picked him in the third round of the NFL draft, right? I'm not saying Josh is going to be that, but I'm talking about he's going to be overlooked be- just like Robert Hainsey was. Yeah. And, but he's going to be an important piece to this, a very important piece to this. So, um, you know, that that's why he was on my yeah. list. And again, I think he could be potentially the most stabilizing piece right. of this offensive line. And when you're talking about guys that are new to Notre Dame, new to college football, mm-hmm. I mean, when you're talking about Blake Fisher, potentially Rocco Spindler, um, you know, Kane Madden, obviously new to Notre Dame, and this is going to be a step up in competition. A lot for of him. interior guys in that conversation. Yeah. And, and so that's, you know, so having Jarrett Patterson at center, I get it why they want him there. I think that's great. And now you've got, uh, Josh Lug at right tackle. I have no problem having those two on either side of Kane Madden to kind mm-hmm. of bring him along and, and get right. him to where he needs to be. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think he's going to be a stabilizing force on this offensive line. He's the guy that nobody's talking about. And yeah. so that's why he made this list. And I, I think people can be like, wow, yeah, Josh Lug, he's doing his thing day in and day out. And uh, barring injury, I think he's going to be excellent for this offensive line for sure. Vince, before we move on, I got a couple things I want to go over real quick. So number okay. one, Wade Garrett. Um, Wade said recently, recent, my, my grandpa recently passed, and he loved listening to you guys, which uh, means a lot. Wade, wow. thanks for everything, guys. You brighten up Notre Dame fans' days, and we all appreciate it. This is my favorite part. Um, try not to get like misty in here. My grandpa's probably bugging Lou right now. <laughs> that's great, and um, yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's really awesome. awesome. Wow, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm my heart breaks for you. So uh, I went through that a few years ago. It's not, it's not good, man, but we appreciate the fact that he was, he listened to our show and we appreciate the fact that, that you felt you could like the fact that Wade felt he could come in here and, and share it because people would care says yeah. a lot about the kind of community we have and Wade, I'm glad you could be a part of it, man. I yep. really am. It's the kind so, of community we want to build. So yeah, that's I, I really awesome. am, but uh, we'll be praying for you, man. We really will. And then uh, we got uh 
and try to get on a little happier note, get some good spirits. But Keon Keeley's back in the show. What's up, guys? It's Keon. Yes, this is the real me. Just checking in for some new Notre Dame info. Well, Keon is a Florida guy, everybody. Yeah. And our next guy that we're going to discuss is also a Florida guy. Well, technically, he was Look at that transition. He was actually born in Indiana, has family in Indiana, was actually lived on Notre Dame's campus as a baby. Because really? his mom was his mom was either I think she was in graduate school here, right? Okay. And then, of course, moved down to Florida. That's George Takis. Yes. Tight end George Takis. I yeah. have a feeling, Vince, and I'm <laughs> going to say one little thing, and I'm going to let you go because this is your All dude. Right. I have a feeling that George and I and I got a little update from somebody yesterday that they did. You know, they're doing the bench press and all that kind of stuff, that the guy that put up the most reps on 225 for the tight ends was Takis. Ooh. Which, when you consider how long his arms are, I mean, yeah. George is putting in some work. Um, heard a lot of good things about the offseason he had. He had a very good spring. Heard a lot of good things about the offseason he's had. I have a feeling George is ready to come say, hey, look, me and May are going to put this thing on a lot. And and he's not going to just be like, oh, I'm the backup. He's going to be a force. And uh, I have a feeling that's going to be. And I, I knew that would make you happy, Vince, because I know oh. George, is, George is your guy. <laughs> There's no I'm, question about it. I'm like, th this is my fired up face as I'm like listening to all these updates on George Tex in the weight room because – Look, when you when you have an all-American caliber player in your position room, it can do one of two things, in my opinion, right? It's either going to force you to up your game, to attempt to be like him, to to stay on pace, right? Or it's going to be like, well, you know, yeah, I'm not going to be starting, so what's the point, right? And and I'm not saying I ever thought that George Takis would be the latter of those two options, but it it makes my heart feel good that he is embracing the role that is it, that is going to be given to him, right? That that he's going to try and manhandle and take control of as that number two tight end. Because look, again, this is Notre Dame. This is tight end you. Okay? The number two tight end on the team last year got drafted in the third round of the NFL That's what draft. I'm saying yes, exactly. <laughs> he'd be foolish not to. And he wasn't even used to the uh, right. the, the the potential that he right. could have even been used, right? Right. And and just based on what we've what we've seen in the three minute clips from spring, what we saw in the spring game, I really feel like the number two tight end is just going to absolutely burst onto the scene because he's going to have to. Right. Okay. Whoever the number two tight end is going to be at Notre Dame, and it sounds like George Takis has the inside track on July twenty eighth. Okay. It's, there's still a lot of, you know, practice and and football to take mm -hmm. place, right? But as of right now, he's number two on the depth chart. That number two spot is just going to explode, in my opinion, because you're going to be opposite an All American who's going to get a lot of attention. Right. And Notre Dame is still going to use their tight ends. Right. They're still they still want to abuse the seam. They still want to do things that a tight end can do for you. And I think George Takis can just take that and right. literally and figuratively run with it. I don't know if they still want to do it because we didn't see it a lot last year. But I still believe. Okay, still might I not still, be the right well, word. Well, let but, me just make yeah. my, my point. Yeah. Because I, I know I still think I think that a big part of that was just the lack of comfort at the front of quarterback throwing that route. I mean, exactly. they called it a bunch in 2019, Vince, and, and you were at games. There was there's probably 15 times that 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 – Cole Komet mainly, but a couple times it was it was the other tight ends were open up the seams and just quarterback yeah. wouldn't look at them after yeah. the Georgia game, just wouldn't look at them. So I, I think it was I think that was smart by Tommy Reese to say, look, we're not going to keep calling a route that we know our quarterback doesn't like throwing. Yeah. Right. Well, we no saw point. it a lot more in the spring. Uh this spring. We saw it in practice film. We saw obviously one of the first big passes that that Jack Cohn hit in the game was backside seam route to George yeah. Takis. 
and it, look, the opera, I don't know if it's like they have to have a second tight end and all. I mean, it, it depends on whether or not the second tight end earns that opportunity. Sure. I think George will, based on what I'm hearing, I think there's going to be three tight ends that are going to play this year. And, and I think George has an opportunity to really solidify that number two role because exactly. if you go back and watch his film when he was a junior in high school and a senior in high school, he did a lot of moving around. He's a pretty athletic kid. Like he, he was, wasn't a kid that's like, he's not your typical six, six, 250 pound tight end. You know what I mean? Vince, where he's just like this big lumbering guy. George is a pretty good athlete. And, and, you know, I remember a catch Vince, we were actually up top in the, in the, you know, the, the old indoor facility. And he makes this right. acrobatic. You remember that catch he made right in front of us during a stern oh, yep. a seven on seven. We're like, he jumps up, he twists his body around, he makes his catch, falls backwards, guy tries to push him out of bounds, gets his foot in bounds and makes a catch. He had a similar play to that, not quite as impressive, but we saw that again um, against Duke when he came in and caught a touchdown pass against Duke. He's a talented kid. Yes. He just, he needed to, he needed, he, he lacked confidence in himself, to be completely honest with you. And we'd see him in practice, he'd make a mistake, and then his head would go down and he'd just make another mistake and then another mistake and another mistake. And part of the thing that I've, heard from some sources this spring is that George Takis is gone and John McNulty has been real good for him in building up that his confidence, That's which is an important hear. piece of yeah. coaching. Now he needs to go out there and take care in the fall. Because if you put a, if you, if you're in a tight end situation where Michael Mayer's your small tight end, that's <laughs> a, it's a good place to be. Absolutely. Right. And, and but Absolutely. they're also both pass catchers. George is a pass catcher first. Mayer's a pass catcher first. And that's what makes this tight end rotation quite unique. And if George can be that, like you said, you've got a quarterback now that likes throwing to tight ends. We saw that with his tight end at Wisconsin. He likes throwing to the middle field. Best throw he made all season was on the road, in the snow, at was at Minnesota, the number eight team in the country, and he hits a seam route right down the middle of the field, just over top of the defense for a touchdown. We're going to see more under, of that. It's such an underutilized pass route, in my opinion. It, it, teams just don't use it enough, specifically mm -hmm. Notre Dame you know, under the last quarterback regime. And you outlined that, obviously. But I, I just – I can't wait to see Notre Dame use the middle of the field, specifically with the right. tight ends and, and the seams and all that stuff. It just – it was an underutilized spot on the field uh, in the past few years. Yeah. And it, it just opens up so many more things as well. Yeah, and so no that, question. That gets me very, very excited. I, I'm so pumped to hear what you said about George Takis and, and what you're hearing uh, about him in the weight room and the off season that he's having, because that, that just, just makes me feel good inside, Brian. I I'm really excited to see what George. Tech I knew that would make your day. Yeah. It's Especially after, you know, what you went through yesterday <laughs> and why we couldn't do the show yesterday. I knew you <sighs> needed some good news. So I still going through it, that. my friend. Um, yeah. yeah. Yep. You ready so to let's, talk some defense? Yeah. Let's move over to the defensive sure. side of the ball. Uh, now the, here, here's uh, so the three guys that we picked here are guys that you and I have talked about, um, but not and and to to fall into this category, they're not being talked about nationally. They're not being talked about amongst the greater Notre Dame population, right? And so that's mm -hmm. why we feel like these three guys need to be talked about. Number one, first and foremost, Myron Tagovailoa Mosa. He's moving positions. That, that's that's a big deal. That's a big mm -hmm. deal. And I don't think enough people are talking about how effective we think, uh, you specifically, that he can be at that big end position because they're used to seeing him at a three technique. And right. look, three technique's a lot different than playing on the edge. It's a lot different. But he has 
kind of sculpted his body in a way uh, that it really is going to fit his game more natural. to be over there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's more, more natural. natural. That's, that's a great point. And uh, so MTA is is our guy to to kind of lead this list off. Yeah, and, you know, we've mentioned them before, but we haven't focused on them a ton because a lot of the focus has been on like Jason Adamiola and Isaiah Foskey and guys like that and guys that I think could come out and just have big monster years. And I don't know if Myron can have that kind of monster year, right? I don't know if that position is geared towards it. And when I say I don't know, I'm I'm not questioning it. I'm saying I legitimately don't know. I don't know if in Marcus Freeman's defense that big end is going to have the same opportunities to make 10-plus tackles for loss like we saw under Clark Lee's. I don't I don't know the answer to that. But if it does, then I think Myron can have a much more productive year. But see, that's going to be the key, Vince, because you know, Myron's always been a really athletic kid, a penetrator, a guy that, you know, gets after it, a guy that that uh, you know, disrupts things, but he was never never made a ton of plays on the ball. And and now he's got a he's gonna have a chance where he's gonna have to make more plays on the ball. That's gonna be the key. And can he do that? We're gonna find out. The other question yeah. that I have is can he rush the quarterback? Right. Uh, that's going to be a big key because otherwise he's just going to be a two down rotation guy and, right. and a very important piece of that, a very important part to the run game. Uh, but, you know, if he's not if he's not getting after the quarterback, then you're going to have to sub him out. Well, that's going to be a, the, the big thing. I'm curious. I heard he was really good at getting after the quarterback in, in practices in the spring, but we just didn't see it. I mean, yeah. we didn't have practice access. Yeah. That's going to be the key is does that explosiveness that we that that he showed in quick spaces early in seasons. As a D tackle, can he keep that off the edge where he's got a little bit longer, you know, track to the quarterback than he did when he's playing inside? Those are those are going to be questions, and it, that's going to determine whether he's just a really solid rotation guy or see a guy that steps up and has more of an impact like we've seen. Because that that's been a really productive position for Notre Dame. I mean, your leader in sacks last year was played was your big end. Khalid Kareem had you know double digit tackles for loss uh, when he played that position. It's been a position that's been a very important piece to Notre Dame's run defense in recent years, uh, not just in setting the edge, Vince, but also in, in like I said, in production. You know, Khalid yeah. Kareem had double-digit tackles for loss in back-to-back seasons playing that position. So uh, it, it's an important piece to what they are. Can Myron play at that high of a level? We'll find out. I, yeah. I have a feeling he's going to be a, a really productive player, but is it productive from just a doing your job or is it going to be productive from making plays in the ball? That's really my big question. Well, and I think, I think one of the things that makes this even more interesting is the change in defensive coordinator and the change in kind of the philosophy of what the front, you know, does. I, I, and I, I feel like that is going to play into the hands of, of Myron and what, what he's going to be asked to do and what he is capable of. I, I feel like those numbers are going to be good. Uh, because of the emphasis of what Marcus Freeman's front uh, is asked to do, essentially. And so I, I think that plays into his hand, and I think that is also uh, going to make him a very important piece to this defensive line moving forward. Okay, so this next guy, we're, we're basically going, uh, I guess we're going to the next level uh, on the defense. Well, and next, two, two levels back, actually. Fair enough. Um so uh, I think this guy has gotten forgotten about a, a, a little bit, Brian. I, I really do feel that way. I think that uh, people have forgotten that Tariq Bracey is still a really good corner. I don't and, think they forgot it. I don't think they believe it. Okay, that's fair, too. Uh, I just think people think he stinks. And, and and that's an unfortunate thing because you and I saw him in 2019 a lot, Vince, where yeah. you know, his name didn't get called a lot 
outside the Virginia game because he just locked people down. For a reason, yeah. I mean, he just – I mean, go watch the Georgia game. He's really good. You, yeah. Most games he played in in 2019, other than the Virginia game, where they just – they were just – they out they outplayed him because he's small. He was really good. Last year against Duke, he was really good. And then, for whatever reason, just lost confidence. And now he got – he dealt with a sickness. You know, he missed the South Florida game. And then when he came back, I think he also missed the Florida State game. I, be, I think, or he wasn't healthy because that's why Sean Crawford started at corner in that game. Remember, that's the when they had the they had South Florida, then they had the pause because of the COVID outbreak, and then they played Florida State. Sean Crawford started at corner; it was a hot mess. Yeah, but uh, you know, Tariq was just never the same. And he came back, and he just lost his confidence to the point right. where, as bad as he was against North Carolina, they just had to pull him. And came out determined this summer, summer or this winter. Worked hard. Went out and had a good spring, made a lot of plays in the spring, and looked more like the guy that we've seen in the past. And there's a lot of confidence he's going to be a key part of what they do. Now, again, as we've said in the in, in, in past about Marcus Freeman's defense, when they go nickel, their preference is to not put a third safety on the field, but to put a third corner on the field. Right. Right now, that's going to be Tariq as of right now. And I, I talked to a source about this today to try to find out where things stood, and they're like, yes, we're expecting to be a big part of what we do, Right. And and he'll be that nickel guy as of right now. Now he's got to hold on to that job. He's sure. got to perform well. There's going to be guys breathing down his neck. But I just feel like Tariq is a guy that that some people aren't talking about anymore. And but when it, the conversation about him does come up, it's usually like I oh, can't play. And he, you know they're going to need him to be the guy he was in 2018 and 2019 because they're going to play some teams. They're going to throw the ball around and they're going to play some teams with some speed at receiver. He's their fastest receiver. I, right. I've had people close to the program tell me, other than height, the kid's got NFL tools. He's an elite athlete. He's got great speed. He just doesn't play with great speed all the time because when he when he starts getting in his in his head, his technique takes a, a nosedive, and he does what he did against North Carolina, which is he bites on the outside move, and then when the guy beats him inside, instead of trusting his technique to transition, open up, and run, he reaches and grabs. Well, once a corner reaches and grabs, he's done. He's toast. Yes, absolutely. And it was actually kind of impressive that on that one play I'm talking about, he didn't get beat for a touchdown because most corners would get beat for a touchdown, but he's so fast that he was actually able to recover and tackle the guy before he scored, which says a lot about his speed, but his technique was a mess because his, his confidence was a mess. The problem for a smaller corner, Vince, is your technique has to be on point or you're you're just going to get outbodied by bigger receivers. Right. So Tariq's got a lot to prove, but – I have a feeling that if, if if the confidence is – well, I don't have a feeling. I know that if the <laughs> confidence is there, he's going to be a big part of the secondary. What I don't know is will the confidence be there, and even if it is there now, will it stay there the first after the first time he gets beat? Sure. That's the well, big question that nobody can answer except for Tariq. Well, is don't it going to stay there if he gets beat? Yeah, and, and don't you feel like the – again, and I, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but don't you feel like the change in defensive coordinator came at a perfect time for Tariq? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, now again, it's the same position coach, right? But it's still relatively new. But yeah, I think that. And then what Marcus Freeman told him: Look, I don't care about what you did in the past. You're not going to be defined by what you did in the past. You're right. going to be defined by what you do now. And I think for guys like him, for guys like Houston Griffith, for guys like I mean, there's a lot of guys on this team that were kind of written off or buried in the depth chart that you look at and say they're going to get their chance. That's it's a fresh start, and I think he's going to take advantage. So the third guy we want to talk about uh, when it comes to uh, these potential sleepers, guys that, that people aren't talking about as much as they should be, in our opinion, 
uh, comes at the linebacker level. And we, we want to talk about Maris Luafau because he's competing with Shane Simon right now uh, at, at the, the will position, right? That's what we're, we're, we're mm-hmm. calling it in Marcus Freeman's defense. So go the ahead. Uh, linebacker formerly known as the Buck. Yes, formerly known <laughs> as the which right. is which is fine because the pat the most recent performance at the buck uh was not good. So let's just bury the buck and we'll bring in the will. Okay. <laughs> that, that's Sounds the way good. I see it. Uh, but he's competing with Shane Simon right now. I, I believe you're hearing really good things about what Maris Lufau is bringing to the table. But man, when he's on, he's electric, man, because yeah. he is all over the field. All he's really field. athletic. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is here's the questions we have about Marist. Is he gonna be big and strong enough to hold up as an every down kind of player. Sure. Which could force him. If he's not forces him into rotation role, right? Hey, look, he's only big enough to hold play 20, 25 snaps. He can't last more than that. Right. So he's got to prove that. But then the other part is he's got to be more assignment. Correct. The big problem with see, it's like him and Shane were the complete opposites. Like Shane was always assignment. Correct. But he was so, so slow to react. And so uncommittal that he couldn't actually affect execute his assignment, but he was where he needed to be. Right. Maris is the exact opposite. Maris was like going to go a thousand miles an hour, but well, yeah, you went a thousand miles an hour into the B gap. You were supposed to be dropping into coverage. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? Or, or you, you know, you went a thousand miles an hour into the B gap, but you needed to be in the A gap or the C gap, or you were, you know, you were the, you were the spill player, you know, you were, you were the force player, you know, that kind of thing. And so he's those the are de- the things. He's the definition of, if you're going to make a mistake, do it at a hundred miles yeah. an hour. It's right. Just, there was too many mistakes. Now you need to, now you need to clean up the mistakes. Yeah. Right. And I, I was told he didn't necessarily have a great spring, but that he's crushing it this summer and that he's kind of taken his inconsistent spring and use it as motivation to kind of say, okay, I got to really rock it this summer. So there's a lot of expectations that he's going to come into fall camp and continue to battle with Shane Simon. And, and I, I've been told, uh, let's talk to a source yesterday. I said that, you know, Maris is right on Shane's heels. I mean, he is pushing Shane hard and, so then my follow-up was, well, is Shane struggling? That was obviously a natural – no, Shane's Shane's having the best spring he's had or the best summer he's had. It's just that's how good Maris is playing. So there's a lot of confidence that that one-two punch is going to be a lot better, and it needs to be. Good problem to have. Because yeah. it was it was not good last year. I mean, at all. The only time it was good is when you had Jack Kaiser and Jack Lamb playing that position. Yeah. Uh, and, but that was only for one game. But they need it to be a lot – I mean, it can't just be better. It needs to be a lot better. Yeah. And – I mean, think about it. The starting the, the the will linebackers in the two games they played together, right? The the two guys that, in the games they played, talking about Shane and they combined for thirty six tackles, thirty six tackles. That's that's not good. Man. Uh, in in what eleven games, right? Because we're not. I'm not counting the the game against South Florida when they weren't in it. You know, and yeah, that was the best that. game that the Wills played all right. year. But you know, again, that was against South Florida. But uh, still, you're, I mean, yeah. it's got to get a lot better, but I'm hearing good things and Maris because here's the thing about Maris. That's so unique. Vince is he's really fast, really rangy, really athletic. If he's in better position, he's going to make a lot more plays because of that speed. Here's the other thing too about Maris. And we've, we've talked about this before. This isn't new to people that listen to the show. He grew up as a corner. He was a corner. I think as a freshman, maybe even a sophomore in high school. Because he was skinny and tall, and then as sure. he kind of filled out, they moved him to sort of an edge rusher kind of role and a linebacker kind of role at at at, at his high school in out in Hawaii. And so he's got he's got a unique coverage potential too, which could make him really really. 
I'm really curious to see if they're able to use him on third down. Because here, here's the problem that you have. Here's here's the conundrum that you have if you're Marcus Freeman. One, what do I want on third down? I want a long, rangy, athletic guy that can cover and blitz. Okay. You literally just said the defined Maris. Right. You right? just described it, right? Yes, that's right. But what you can't have on third down, you can't have a guy that's going to make a mistake because that right. results in a first down. Yep. You know, if, if I take two steps forward and a running back's running a slide route, and that's my guy, and I take two steps forward, which is improper, he's going to beat me outside. That third and four, it's now first and ten, the drive's going. You can't allow those things to happen. Right. You have to know what your job is. You have to be able to execute your job, and that's going to be the thing that keeps him from being a third-down weapon. But if he can be assignment sound, at the very least, I think he could be a really impactful player against passing teams and on third down. And then if he can physically hold up, then all of a sudden he's really legitimately pushing for an every down roll at will. Are you worried at all with him? How do I want to say this? Are you worried about, you know, if he's more assignment correct, he's obviously using his brain a little bit more. He's potentially thinking a little bit more. Do you have, do you have any fear that that's going to slow him down? No, because he won't play in that regards. I mean, okay. it, it's about you, you, you as a coach, you don't want to slow a guy like that down. You just want to right. steer it in the right direction. Right. It's like, okay, you you went a thousand miles an hour this way. I need you to move in a gap and do it that way. That's what it boils down to. So it's not about thinking more. Uh, it's about knowing your assignments better. And sure. then having the, the the reps and the experience to then execute. Because remember, last year was the first year he played linebacker in college. I mean, he, he had a couple special teams games as a freshman in 2019, but that was it. You know, he didn't play much linebacker. So last year was his first year. Didn't get an off season. Didn't get spring to develop. Didn't get summer to develop. He, you know, he 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 was behind the eight ball. One of many players on this defense oh, last yeah. year. And this is what I don't think a lot of people understand. There's a lot of guys on last year's defense, a defense that was still really good, that weren't as nearly as good as they should have been because they didn't have an off season. Cam Hart needed an offseason. Marison Shane needed an offseason. Absolutely. You know, Isaiah Foskey needed an offseason. Houston Griffith needed an offseason. And they didn't get it. Yeah. And, you know, it, it held them back. Well, those guys now have a full season and an offseason under their belt. And that's what part of the reason I'm so excited about this defense. But it, it's not – if it's slowing them down, Vince, then he's, he's doing what Shane did. But now he's doing it in, in a smaller body. So he just won't play. Sure. It needs to be – there's nothing wrong with how you're playing. The only thing is, is you just got to be assignment correct. And that comes from experience. That comes from studying the playbook, studying the defense um, or the offense, studying, knowing what you're supposed to do, knowing what the guys around you are doing, mm -hmm. knowing why. Because here's the other thing. Marcus Freeman has said something that I love. He says he, do, he wants to make sure that kids understand why they're asking them to do things. You know how it is, Vince, for a long time. Say, you know, coach will say something. Well, what, why, coach? Because I said so. Yeah, right. and, and that's fine. I mean, I've said that before as a coach, but it's sure. normally when a kid's being a jackhole, you know, and mm -hmm. he's, he's just he's trying to be disrespectful. Uh, and, and it's never been about football. It's like, OK, put your chair back. You know what I mean? Bring a pencil to the meeting. Right. It's never like run a post route like this. Why? Because I said so. You're a horrible coach if you're doing that. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> that's the what it says on this piece of paper. Right. right but the reason is, is like they need to understand why this top end, why I'm asking you to attack his leverage as a yeah. receiver, why I'm asking you to lean him outside, what we're trying to accomplish. And if and part of that is understanding, okay, why do I need you to attack the B gap? But coach, the A gap was wide open. Uh, 
no, it wasn't. We had a guy looping around or yes, we're, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, here's why I need you to, to hit this hole. Here's why I need you to take on with an inside arm. I need you to take that, 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 that inside arm and attack this way. Here's why. Yeah. But coach, if I do that, what if he gets outside me? That's what the safety's for. Right. right. I mean, so it's understand the whole package and get and being okay for them to, Hey, you know, Hey coach, I made the tackle. Yeah. You made the tackle this time. Cause it's Toledo. Right. But you do that in a couple of weeks against Cincinnati and, and it's going to be a, a touchdown. It's explaining to them the, the whole package why. And I think that's the experience, experiential part that Maris is going to get based on last year's. He's going to have a greater understanding of, of why it's important for yeah. him to be a Simon Sound because he played last year like he did in Hawaii. See ball, get ball. Right. Right. And, right. and it didn't matter what part of the defense he was. I think he's going to have that experience now. If he can be more assignment correct, like you said, without taking a step back athletically, I think he's got a chance to be a really good football player. Now he it's, he's going to be battle for playing time. I mean, Shane's not going away. Uh, JD Bertrand's having a great year, a great offseason. You've got Prince Colley could easily slide inside there and push guys. You've got the best linebacking class in the country coming in the following year. So he's got a lot to prove, but the opportunity is there for him to really step up and be a, a major player for Notre Dame this year. And the ideal scenario is that the both they both step up, right? Sure. But they need one of them to step up at least. Yeah. But Marist brings you a unique, a, a very unique skill set that man, you just kind of cross your fingers and hope that the things we're hearing about him are legitimate because that kind of you, you're not going to be talking. Gee, does Notre Dame have the speed of linebacker to play with the best teams? If you got Jack Kaiser on one side, and Marist on the other side, no one's going to be asking that question about mm-hmm. the well. They might, but it's from people you know, that ESPN or national networks that haven't actually watched Notre Dame play. Right. Exactly. Uh, It's going to be a thing like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Pop in the film. You'll see, (laughs) you'll see. And it's not, it's not just us, Vince. Yeah. I've had this conversation with Ryan Roberts because he, he, he would text me like, you know, man, I'm watching film man 35 just keeps popping. Right. I mean, just, you know, and, and yeah, it's clear he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> right, he's exactly. So athletic. But he's you so know, much the, fun to watch. The athleticism too. pops. Yeah. Now, yeah. if he can get this part to go with, with this part, man, he's going to have a chance to be a really good, really yeah. good player. And keep in mind, he was a redshirt freshman last year, right, who didn't have an offseason. Right. So when we're criticizing his assignment correctness, we're not saying he's not intelligent or he's not a smart player. It's He's a redshirt freshman that didn't have an offseason. You're going to make those mistakes. I could live with those mistakes last year. But now you've got a year under your belt. And and I'm going to have less tolerance as a position coach for that, you know. Now that that now that you have experience, there's there's no excuses for you to be making rookie mistakes again. You're not a rookie anymore, and and that's going to be the, the part of it that I'm looking for from Marist. So though that is going to be the three defensive players that we are looking to have uh, a, a potential breakout, uh, a sleeper, you know, however you want to phrase it, but guys that aren't being talked about enough that we feel are going to be key to Notre Dame's success this year. Uh, MTA, Maris Lewifile, Tariq Bracey, all three guys we're going to be keeping our eye on. And, of course, if you follow our show at all, we've talked about those three guys an awful lot. And mm-hmm. uh, I, my guess is we're going to continue to talk about those three guys a lot more as we move forward. So that is going to do it for this portion of our podcast on uh, sleepers going into fall camp. Uh, make sure you hit – if you're watching us on YouTube – Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that notification bell and make sure that uh, you, what's the other thing? There's three things. What am I missing? Share. So like, subscribe, notification bell, share. Absolutely. Share with your friends and family. We are a week away-ish 
from fall yeah. camp starting. We uh, haven't gotten the official word yet. Eight but... days, I believe, from what I was told the report okay. date is. Eight days okay. from the report date. It's so. coming. It is coming. And it, yeah. if you're listening to us on podcast land, make sure you uh, subscribe so that you get all of our latest podcasts downloaded directly onto your device. Uh, that's what I do. If and you're watching on YouTube, don't go anywhere because we're, we're, we're not done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.